welcome back to the iron table i have my friend that laura laura anderson if you haven't met her and her massive family so today we're going to talk about the promise of god faithfulness what that really looks like in our life um i know that for the past what two three years that we've been friends really been able to see i think just like firsthand of what it has looked like for you just going through so many um good moments and as well as some moments of disappointment, of hardship, heartache. But in all of that, I really have been able to see how the Lord has worked through you and in you and how your faithfulness really has, I think, just unveiled in the midst of probably not the sweetest, most Instagram-worthy moments, but sometimes the most messy ones. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about um, the promise of God. Like, what does that really look like when things don't go your way, when promise is a little bit longer than you expected? So tell me, like for you, what now, like what does it look like when you hear the promise of God or His faithfulness? When I would first hear the faithfulness of the Lord, I would always think about like it being, I'm a very type A person. Like I have my planner. I have cried before. My mom has overnight shipped it to me. Like it has been something that I like tangibly have held on to. And when I hear the faithfulness and the promise of the Lord, you have to like throw that out. It's not in your time frame because if it was in our time frame, and how we wanted his faithfulness to play out, I would have graduated four years ago. Like, I, I would have not still, well, not four years ago, two years ago. And so, like, that promise looks so different now than it used to because I used to think it was on my time frame, and it's not, it never has been. But having to relinquish control and just being like, I'm here and I don't like being here and acknowledging those feelings and just accepting the fact that like he's going to be faithful through all of it. So you're, so you're saying is like basically in a way surrendering how your emotions may react. It's also like surrendering how your emotions react and like dying to yourself because like through this process of learning about the Lord's faithfulness, just a little bit of my backstory. I've been in nursing school for six years. Um, I just graduated. Praise the Lord. It's finally done. I graduated this past Friday. But over that time frame, I mean, there was a lot of sh- struggles within school itself and then just with my family and other things that we had going on. And not necessarily it was about my faithfulness, but it was the Lord's faithfulness to me and recognizing that like he's not going to leave me. But I specifically remember someone, I had had a really rough weekend. I was at church. I was serving at church on that Saturday and Sunday, but I had a bad Friday. And um, just I had made poor choices. And what I was choosing to do with my time at that moment was not God honoring. And I had done some repentance and went to a lady and she was like, you have to come to a point. If the rocks will cry out the name of the Lord, so will your feelings. And your feelings are an emotion and they're not of the Lord. So you have to let those, your emotions have to bow in the name of Jesus. If people have to bow, your emotions will have to bow. And so having to literally, there were times I was, I put my Bible on the floor and I'm standing on just like metaphorically, like standing on the promises of the Lord and telling fear and anxiety and doubt 
to go. Like three o'clock in the morning when I can't sleep, I'm standing in my bathroom, looking myself in the mirror, reading the verses I had typed on my mirror because I had nothing else to hold on to at that point. I think one thing that I really wanted to specifically make a point about is that like sometimes disappointment is one of the biggest blessings that you can really walk through because I know for me, like even in my own life, even now, it's just like I have these like hopes and dreams and like what we aspire to want to have. But like, what do you do when disappointment creeps in? Like, is it, is it even appropriate to feel disappointed? You know what I mean? I, I genuinely believe it's appropriate to feel disappointed. I, we are human, like God's in his son to die for us because we're not going to be perfect. How you deal with that disappointment, because I can stand on both sides of the script and say, tell you about the times that I did not handle the disappointment very well. Times that I laid on this couch and cried and wept and found myself drinking and found myself wanting to do things of the world, knowing that wasn't going to fix my problem, but I just wanted something to fix my problem. Um, But I can also tell you the other side of the continual stories through scripture of people who voice their disappointment to the Lord and how he was so faithful to remember them when the time had come of his plan. It wasn't on their time frame and they sat in that disappointment. But when you bring that disappointment to the Lord, Satan doesn't have a foothold in it anymore. It's because if we had this open and honest communication with each other as friends, if I say something, I'm like, oh, I didn't like that outfit she had on today to my somebody over here. And they come back and tell you, you're going to be hurt in a different way. And that's going to cause a different kind of damage. But I come to you and I'm like, hey, Sophia, that outfit, it's not really working. I'm honest. And this is a parallel communication where we are talking to each other. And that gives us room to grow together and not for somebody else to come in and cause more disruption. And that's really how I think about disappointment or any problems that you really face is like one, releasing them to the Lord, but two, like bringing them to him because he wants to be your best friend. He wants to be in that. But if you're taking it to out on the streets and you're taking it to the bars and the clubs, and that's how you're wanting to deal with your disappointment, that's only going to cause further separation and further damage within your heart. And it's not going to fix the problem. One thing I recently heard from this woman at a conference, she was talking about like her sister and her story. And she was talking about how her and her husband had gone through years of addiction and infertility. And she's could never have kids for several years and it wasn't until she was in the process of adoption the Lord blessed her with a child of her own and through like all that mess that they had gone through for so many years one thing that she always said was that the Lord was always reframing what good meant and I think that the promises of God I think we have our own version of what that looks like versus what God thinks is good because I mean I think of like just how he sent the one thing that he loves the most, Jesus, and he called that good. He called that as the like the ultimate action of love. Like, and I mean, for me, like from my perspective, like if I was, if I had a kid and, you know, I was like, okay, like little Johnny, he's, he's going to go and die for all these people who may not um, love him back. I think from my perspective, I could not fully understand that. But to know that, um, that the Lord uses the things in our life for something so good, it just shows you like, it's the same thing with the promises of God that he, his way of promises do not function the same way 
family that we want it to, like we want instant results. We want instant satisfaction and it's all for self. But really it's like the promises of God are meant to show really the glory of the Lord. And I think that's one thing I definitely could see just how the Lord weaved that all throughout these several years of you of you had like so many different hopes and expectations and some of those expectations the Lord said no absolutely not like I want something greater for you and sometimes it's not even about I don't know like we are such an instant society like we want food we get DoorDash we want to order something oh look we have Amazon Prime and we'll be here tomorrow and that's not how the promises of the Lord work that's why people tire out on the gyms that's why people tire out on their New Year's resolutions is because they don't have a grasp of what not not even that they don't have a grasp of commitment but they don't have the grasp of delayed gratification and I really think that is the promises of the Lord, because you have to, there is work and we don't have a work-based faith, but we have to work on trusting him. We have to work on dying to ourselves. We have to make sure we're making ourselves a vessel that he can use. And then that will shape us into who he has called us to be. And he will use the times that, I mean, we fall off the table and like we screw everything up and he's just going to pick up the pieces and he's going to put it back. And it's not going to look like what we wanted. I mean, it's just like the gym. Like I can go to the gym, but like after one hour, I'm not going to have a six pack. I may want a six pack, but I may not have one. I won't have one. And it's the same way with his promises is that the time frame and how we handle each situation, just like with nutrition, how you handle each one of those situations depends on your outcomes and how long it takes. For you, how did you know to respond so well to disappointment? Because I feel like the average person would not just immediately go to, okay, let me just go into scripture. Let me um, get in prayer. I mean, sometimes we're just angry. We want to flip 10 tables just all day long and sit in the corner and just weep all day. I know I have felt like that. So like, how, how can you prop, how can you properly handle disappointment in the way that really it goes back to the Lord instead of yourself? I think allowing yourself to feel the disappointment is probably the first and the biggest step because there were, when I found out last semester that I did not pass and I was very close to passing and I had already planned my move and I had accepted a job and like I had all this stuff lined up and it just wasn't going to happen. Like there was nothing I could do. Final grades were posted. I wasn't graduating. And like I said, there were days that like I would start drinking and I'm like, this is not going to fix my problem, but I don't know what is. And this is the result. I remember crying on the phone to Mary Beth and being like, Mary Beth, like, this is what I want to drown in this bottle, but I know I can't. And I know that's not an option. And my parents have always been like, you deal with it head on, whatever it is, like you're not going to run away from it. You have to run to it to get through it. And so there were days that like didn't want to deal with it. But my mom was like, you have to get up. You have to keep pushing and you have to get through this. Because if I don't get through this and if I lay down and quit, one Satan is one because he has defeated me and the calling that the Lord has placed on my life because I'm letting defeat win. And then like, I also just let myself feel it like sitting in the corner and crying. I can't tell you how many times in the month of December that I would like check in a patient and they'd be like, Oh, what are you going to school for? And like, it would trigger something. And I would go sit in the bathroom and I would sob. But the thing was, is 
I got back up. Like I, I couldn't let myself stay there because I knew that wasn't where I was meant to stay. And I think recognizing your value and your worth in the Lord and what He has really called you to helps you handle that disappointment, helps you handle those trials. Because when you have this understanding that you are nothing without Him, you handle disappointment in a different way. How does knowing your identity in the Lord really help you understand His faithfulness and His promise for you? for your life? I would have to say like knowing who you are and who you're called to be through scripture because we can go and do anything. I've had conversations like this before. They're like, well, how do I know? Because, as, well, let me back up. Because of a, as a young girl, like I was always like, I need to find my calling in life. And it wasn't really about a calling. It was about finding your gifts that you're blessed with. I have some people in my family who are absolutely the most fantastic. Marybeth can decorate a cake like nobody's business. I did not get much of that talent. I knew that I wanted to care for people. And so from that yearning of wanting to care for people, you take it and you put it into an aspect of looking at it. Okay, what career can I choose? Where can I go with this desire I have in my heart to care for people? And then you continue on. And it's not about the career path you choose. I could go choose to work in the plants or I could have chosen chosen to go be an engineer. But it's using that position and the characteristic traits that the Lord has put inside of you specifically for you to serve Him. And it's, it's not about this choice that you make, but it's rather a daily choice of acknowledging that you are a son or a daughter of the king and that he sent his only son of like, how selfish would we be to not want to send our kid to the cross? I mean, like, I don't even have kids. I have a dog. And I would, I'd be like, sorry, guys. It's about taking that, which you're good at and using it for good and being the salt and the light as hard as this world may be. Like people need good nurses, but also people need good like reputable businesses. They need someone to be honest with them. They need someone to be like, okay, well, this is a quote on what we're going to do. This is how much it's going to cost you. This is when it's going to be done. And through that, you may never speak the name of Jesus, but being that light and having a business and following, like just being truthful and honest and having integrity within all of that, I really think is where your identity will tie into your calling, which you may not, you may just plant the seed of, wow, why is that person so honorable, so honest? Why are they running their business like this? And if you start a question within someone's heart, I don't know about anybody else, but like if I have a question, I can't let it sit. Yeah, I think identity is one of those things that I think now in our culture is probably most confused that people are now is because it really is the heart of God. I mean, we are created in His likeness in that I believe that with like the promises and the faithfulness of the Lord, as you mentioned early on, it teaches more about Him than it teaches about yourself. And which I really love that statement because it really is... I think if you can sum it up in just one sentence of promise of God is that, is that it really does teach you more about the heart of the Lord and how he really is faithful in stewarding those dreams and those aspirations and even those disappointments in your life. He knows how to redirect that and say, I know you feel disappointed. I know you may be sobbing on this couch and I do see you and I do recognize how you feel. And with that, I want to bring justice and righteousness righteousness to your life. I want the absolute best for you, just like I wanted that from the very beginning with Jesus. And it's, I think, again, like it is 
so important to know your identity in Christ because when you do, you recognize that you share something with Jesus. And that is the image of Christ. Um, Even in spite of our flesh and our sin nature, when Jesus becomes everything for you, you share those similarities that that need to help people, um, that that need to love and to be encouraging and courageous and all these attributes that represent Christ. um, That's something that you share with him. And I think in that, he's trying to build that within us through making us wait in that promise, whether it is 10 days, 10 years, 10 minutes, like however long. Because sometimes those 10 minutes can feel like an eternity. And I just know like there was a circumstance that had come up and something had come up on my Snapchat memories and I had sent it to my mom or my Facebook, something, some type of reminder. And I sent her the text message and me and my mom have just really been holding on to the fact that he is faithful. Like there's a lot going on in our lives, but at the end of the day, when I laid my head on my pillow, I know two things. I know that if he wants the sun to rise tomorrow, it's going to rise. And I know without a doubt that he's going to be faithful. And I just told her, I said, I'm so thankful that this didn't play out how I thought it was going to. And she said, I wish you could have told yourself that four years ago. And I wish I could have too, but I would have not, I like wouldn't have understood that there was something way better. And what I thought was the best in that moment ended up not even being something that I desire now. And just being so thankful thankful for not only friends like you who pushed me towards Christ, but family members. And my mom consistently reminded me that he's faithful and that one day those promises and those desires of my heart will be fulfilled, but it's on his timeline and it will never be on mine. And it's incredibly beautiful because like your mom, what you're saying now, you definitely wouldn't have said that years ago. To be able to see how the Lord has just showed, I think, favor and reframing good for you to now for you to be able to say that and it come from a place of, I know this in my heart. Like I believe this wholeheartedly rather than just like head knowledge. Um, Because I mean, I know that's like an ongoing joke that we always say, like, I mean, Laura has more life experience than the average person. But I really think that the Lord intentionally gives that form of struggle to those that he's building something so strong deep within. And when I think of you, I think of Joe. I mean, I really do because it's just like this sense of the way that you steward faithfulness and the way that you have just generally just allowed the Lord in whatever atmosphere of problem that you're walking through. Um, And I think that is something that we do need to be encouraged by, especially in our world today, like where we're constantly anxious, we're constantly depressed, we're constantly fearful. I mean, there's always some problem happening and we just feel this weight over our life um, because we do have access to just the world all around us. And so to be able to just sit here and talk about like, how is the Lord faithful? How? How can we know that his promises still stand? And I think that you're a a reflection of that. I think that we're all reflections of the promise of God, the goodness of God, the fact that we have air in our lungs. And um, and I know that your stories, I mean, this is still the beginning of that story. And there's just so much more to unveil and what the Lord has for you as you step onto endeavors. But it's, 
I just love being able to, I think, just really break down what God has done, I think, just in your life. And we talked about this prior to recording this. And when the Lord just gave me that word of just promise, and he, he put you to mind because of that. And I know that the Lord is so intentional with this because with every person I record, there's intentionality behind every theme or every topic. And so I, I just want to say just thank you, I think, just for really sharing, I think, just pieces of who you are, because I know that's not easy for you. But um, but I am very thankful that you're able to share that, not just with me, but with other people who will listen to this um, and will be encouraged because they may be walking through something that you already walked through or will be walking through. Um, we all have struggles out here, but knowing and being reminded that, okay, the Lord is still faithful, even if I feel like my life is just in shambles and nothing feels good currently. But knowing that even that I can stand on the word of the Lord in the middle of my room or be sobbing on my couch and still somehow be seeking the Lord in that and knowing that he's still faithful. And so, yeah, so thank you for for that. And do you have like any last words of wisdom that you would want to share to the public? I don't think so. <laughs> They're like, oh, right, I said enough. Look, I'm good. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for chatting it up. Stay tuned for next week as we have a new person on here and talking about a whole different subject. So go and sharpen one another as iron sharpens iron and we will see you on the next episode.